I just pull up on the kid. I just pull up on the kid. I just pull up on the kid. Uh, I just pull up on occasion. I spice it up like it's kitchen. Never ask for location. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Stars Experience. I am your host, Jonathan Risk. I am joined with a co-host today, owner, founder, former Super Bowl champion, Sensei. Oh, Sensei. I don't need the intro. He could just give him. The he'll, he'll 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 right. get his. Right. <laughs> I'm excited about this one. It's but a Raider. We got a Raider today. I know. I had to wear my. Not really showing I'm a Raider fan, but low key Raider gear with the Gary and Conley shirt. <laughs> I didn't even know this. No, see, because I, I don't want to come here fanboying out. Right, so I could have face painted it up like I'm in the black hole again. But I was like low key, subtle, like Raider fans will know. Oh, he's I'm a Raider fan. I'm proud of you, fan. man, because I know you're a real Raider fan. That's impressive, uh, too. I got to show you the pictures of me. I'm painted up. I'm, I'm there. Uh, I was at the first preseason getting it. Anyways, I'm here with Jason David, yeah, his founder, owner, co host. And our host today, he was a linebacker. Now he's a fullback. Former Dallas Cowboy. Boo. Current, <laughs> current Oakland Raider player, Keith Smith. How you doing? I'm good, man. Welcome good. to the good Stars good Experience. Appreciate it. Thanks where it's a little me. off the rails today, but it's okay. It's going to be a good one. Hey, I'm, I'm going to enjoy it. I'm gonna yeah. Enjoy it. No, it's going to be a really good one. So here at the Stars Experience, what we like to do is we like to give the fans, the outside people, an inside view at Stars. And everybody listening, you know, this is episode, I believe, will be number four. Um, go subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications so you get alerted to all these episodes. You good? Nah, because we gotta get the subscribers up. And if you're listening on iTunes, go scroll all the way down and give us a five star rating so we climb up those charts. We need the stars. And then list the comment of who you want to hear later. Um, Antonio Brown, I'm talking to you. Um, (laughs) Is that okay? AB would be a good podcast. He would be a good podcast, especially once he gets that trade. You know, I'm calling it right now. The Raiders are going to trade their. I knew this was going. I knew I, that's the only reason why you brought him up because he wanted to go to the Raiders. That's that's cool. Look, do I want him? Obviously, because he's a great player. I mean, look, the personality though. The Raiders are already y'all stacked. <laughs> I think that's just added publicity. Yeah. You're going to Vegas. Anyway, y'all going to Vegas? Show. The question is, are you going to Vegas? That's the plan. I, okay. I, I literally attack every day now. Is Get to Vegas. Got to get to Vegas. Because I'm on a two-year deal, so this is my last right. year coming up. And that's the goal, trying to get get to Vegas. Hopefully, we win it this year. But, um, I mean, regardless, I'm trying to get to Vegas. So. I'm, I hope you come to Vegas, too, because that's going to be a fun. That first year in Vegas, mark my words, you saw how the Vegas Knights did it in the NHL. Right, cool. right. Vegas special. Yeah, that's cool. all, that's the, all I've heard too. Is is just the Vegas, the Vegas fans, just all that the nights like it was just crazy like going in there. So even I, I actually just had got back from Vegas for one of my boys' bachelor parties and just talking to people out there like the drivers and, and whatnot. They're like, man, everybody can't wait can't till wait. you guys get here. Like people are going nuts. Like the Raiders right. are already taking over out there. So. It's going to be dope. Let me see, do, dope. Dude, what about, like, the players? Are they talking about it already? Is there, like, a buzz in the locker room? What? I mean, just we talking about that money. How, how can you all not talk about cut. it? They didn't know where they were playing. They still don't. It's still not right. set in stone if they're playing in Oakland right. this year. Yeah. I yeah just, I, is it is it for sure yet? The, what, they said it's close to being finalized with the option for next year if the stadium gets backed up, which it might because I heard it was snowing, like, a week ago. 
What? Yeah, because the Raiders have a simulcam of the stadium being built on their website. And I peep it every now and then. And, yeah, it was snowing last time I checked last week. I heard it was at 50%, though. 50% done. Finish? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, I mean, they, they going at it. Yeah. But, I mean, it's sad that I don't even know where we <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Can <laughs> I ask you a question? So, there's a guy on the, um, on the I guess, staff, the construction team building the stadium out there that's a Chiefs fan. Oh. So Did you see this? You saw this or no? This dude buried a Chiefs Kingdom flag at the 50-yard line already. And then when they put the seats in, first person to sit in the stadium. That's rude. That's rude. That's This is why I don't mess with the Chiefs. That's disrespectful. Yeah, that's not cool. Nah. So, yeah, I'm pissed. That guy shouldn't be working in the stadium. Nah. They got to re If I was Mark, I'd be like... They got to redig that field. Redig. That's the only option. <laughs> yeah, that's the only option. <laughs> like, how does Mark let that happen? Like, Mark doesn't have a say. Like, pull that pull that man. Like, yeah, I mean, right. I don't want no one to lose their job, obviously. Right. But, right. That's, right. Being, but that's being disrespectful to the org. They're hiring you to build a stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. absolutely. Yeah. That's just, well, I mean, are, is the Raiders really hiring them or is Vegas hiring? <laughs> let's let's be real. I mean, as much as a home. Yeah, Mark's probably not looking at the payroll. Like, oh, yeah, let's get this guy. I don't even know if he's touching that payroll. <laughs> be honest with you because right. isn't it's a lot the, of the tax yeah the taxpayers yeah, George Lopez might own 70% of the stadium we don't know <laughs> that man was did you see him at the uh, were you there at the uh, groundbreaking ceremony no I wasn't I know there that, were a couple that was uh, not too long ago right yeah George Lopez came out looking terrible what he George came out yeah he, is he a Raiders fan yeah is George Raider? Lopez is a huge Raiders fan okay. he came out looking he was uh, the host of the ceremony. Oh, that's what I was about to say. Why was he even involved? Yeah, no, he was the host of it. That man, look, he had a mustache, goatee. He just looked. He had a rough he night in Vegas. Tired, he has looked the, the same <laughs> my whole life growing up watching the George Lopez show. But seeing him lately, it's but we could talk about Raiders all day. Let's talk about Keith, man. Let's see. Yeah. Let's so growing up in California, yep. uh, you went to San Jose State. Was that your first option, San Jose State? Uh, it wasn't actually. I had a few, few, few things on the board. Um, I actually, you know, had my mom in my ear talking about all the Ivy League schools and whatnot. So like, I was thinking about it for a second, and then looking at the football team, I'm like, uh, I don't know. Like that was <laughs> that was the ultimate goal. So um, I actually had a early offer early in my uh, high school career, like my junior year, uh, to Utah. But somehow communication fell through there, and when I try to reach out, like yo, I'm trying to go, I'm trying to right. go, you know what I'm saying? Like that fell through. But um, then, then I had Colorado I actually official visited to Colorado, and I, I actually enjoyed my my visit to Boulder, and um, it was it was just it was a dope, it was real real traditional feel in in Boulder and stuff, and like just watching. Jason's highlights in in college. I know he ran up that little hill, uh, getting a little pick six action. So like it was just it was it was a big stage, and and I kind of uh, I was real intrigued by that. But it was kind of far from my family uh, right. as, as far as to see me play and whatnot. And it just it sucks that after I signed with San Jose State, they moved to the Pac-12 and play every school right. in, on the, the West Coast, but. God, God doesn't make mistakes, and, and it worked out how it was. But in San Jose, it just the opportunity looked good. I, I took an official visit, 
the guys around me who were committed there as well. They're they're winners and had that came from winning programs and that winning mentality. And I kind of seen that, and we kind of just gelled even on our official visit. But also it was like I had that mentality like I'm trying to play right away. Like I'm coming in and I'm trying to contribute. So um, looking just looking at the roster and stuff, and they didn't really have any big names or nothing like who was real established. And, and did they recruit like, you as a linebacker? Yeah, they okay. did. And and the, the crazy thing is they they offered me like a week before signing day or week no, like two two or three weeks before signing day. It was late, late rush because um well actually I had the offer on the table, but like they really pushed for me like late in the in the uh the recruiting process due to Mike McIntyre. He came in from Duke Okay. And he seen my film and he was like, Man, I love you. Like I'm I'm trying to bring you in. We're gonna do some big things, which we ended up doing and um just on the visit, you know, Mike had a good mentality, the linebacker coach, he was cool, he was real vested and uh had a lot of experience. So um I just looked at all those things and it was like it's just a good fit and I was like, shoot San Jose it is And it's not far from home So What is that Eight hours It's No it's actually like uh, If you do it right If you're you, driving fast If, if you you're do driving it right, fast If you do it right yeah. it's, a, it's around five hours Five hours you know, Okay Five to six well, I guess but, that makes sense Because I went to San Jose Like a weekend ago And that was Like two hours from me You drove Yeah I where, drove Where are you from I'm or I'm from you, Jersey, but live? I'm I'm stationed at Vandenberg, which is an hour north of Santa Barbara. Oh, okay. So I'm like right there, which is funny. I'm right there, uh, next to the court that Michael Jackson got tried at. Oh, I was wow. watching that Michael Jackson documentary. Did y'all see that on HBO? No. no. Oh yeah, crazy. Oh the the Leaving Neverland. Yeah. I seen I it on there. I, I didn't I didn't watch it though. Nah. It's compelling. It's not good for Mike though, right? Hmm. He could he could skate away with it. No, it's not good. Nah, he could <laughs> nah he could skate away with it. There was there was no facts. Okay. There were no facts laid out. It was just the two testimonies of the individuals and the one dude I don't trust at all. It wasn't <laughs> yeah, it wasn't nah. like a Bill Cosby situation. Yeah, no, nah, the one dude. I still think Bill Young, Bill innocent. <laughs> Ain't no one say nothing about Bill until he was talking about buying CBS. Man. Let, let a black let a black man theory. try to buy a. Billion dollar company. About that. Oh yeah, no, That's that crazy. man's like, I'm gonna come, I'm gonna buy CBS. Second, he say that. Huh? That's interesting. Everybody. Conspiracy. Yeah. Nah. Bro, so <laughs> San Jose State. Yeah, San Jose State. <laughs> we on Bill Cosby. Yeah, yeah. San Jose to Bill Cosby. It's <laughs> good. San Jose State. You get a chance to play early, man. What right. was that like going in as a as an 18 year old getting to play big time college football? We talking big time, big time, because. I didn't, I didn't realize before I signed that the first game was against Alabama. And this this is when they had Trent Richardson, Mark Ingram, mm. Julio Jones, mm. Eddie Lacy was mm. the third string back. Um just all these dudes, you know, they was they were stacked. Oh, that's a great film. It wasn't Los Altos High School. No, it was not. It was not Los Altos. It was it was definitely the the big time stage. Los Santos from Grand Theft Auto? No, not, no, not, not, not. <laughs> no, 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 GTA. Right. Sorry. Nah, but um, I, I once I seen that, it was just even more exciting because it was like, yeah, I'm not in the big stage in San Jose, but I get to play the best players right in there. So, um, we actually that that first year we had the number one, n- number one hardest schedule in in the uh, NCAA. 
and we had played Alabama. Um, we played Stanford when mm-hmm. they had Andrew Luck. We played um, Wisconsin. Wisconsin when they had they were stacked with all them dudes. Yeah, did, was Wilson still there at that point? Ooh, I, didn't, I don't. Was he may have been? Was he Russell there? Russell Wilson? Mm, oh, or was that? You would remember if you played against Russell, you probably would remember. No, 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 no. It was he wasn't okay. there. He wasn't there. Um, mm. I don't think he was there yet. Bro, what, older, did he get red shirt? What year did he come out? Uh, you're not older than Russell me, Wilson, are you? No, but no, um, Russell Wilson's. Two or three years older than you. So. Yeah, maybe is he? But that's know. what I'm saying. We like, might need Brandon did he to fact come? check that. Could we get? I'm Russell year, Wilson. His last year in college. Russell Wilson. Yeah. Russell Wilson is. Where's the Wikipedia? Five eleven. Okay, thanks for that information. I know he wasn't there when we played that year. Oh yeah. So then, but. I'm not sure when it was after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he might have transferred in or whatever. He was drafted 2012. Oh, okay, so then he was he was gone before, before that. Yeah. yeah, but I didn't know yeah, he's he was that, years that old. old. I didn't know yeah, he was that old. Yeah, yeah. Bama, but, Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah, and um, just even in our conference, we had uh, some some good talent at Utah State, and um, uh, when Bobby Wag- Bobby Wagner was there, right. Um, and uh, a few other schools, but it was just it was it was a big stage and the spotlight, you know what I'm saying? And that's that's really when you want to turn it up. So uh, just coming out that first game, for first college game ever in front of 102,000, I was just like, I I I'm not, I kid you not, like in warmups, I was so hyped, like I was like just looking out and just like. <laughs> You know, like I'm I'm a high energy type dude, so I'm out here screaming like, ah, like first kickoff, I'm dead before a kickoff. <laughs> I'm like, bro, I, I shouldn't have been wilding like that, but it was just it was a a, a, a lot of enthusiasm and, and adrenaline running through your veins, going through stuff like that. So like it was it was definitely a good opportunity and definitely a good good experience. And um, I actually didn't start that game, but. I ended up getting in like in the second quarter, and then like the rest was kind of history because I was actually doing my thing, making some plays. And the, the one play I do remember though is is um, it was a screen play to Trent Richardson, and I'm like, I read it to a T. Right. In the backfield, I'm like, oh, TFL against Alabama, let's go. <laughs> jumped on his back, slid right down, and he jumped <laughs> out my tackle. I'm like, dang, like these, these this the real deal. But um, it, it definitely was a a good good icebreaker and and definitely a confidence booster in a sense too. I mean, we got our our butts whooped, but still, I mean, it was fun. It was fun. I read a stat somewhere, and I I might be wrong. Uh, the I'm always confused about this. Maybe you can help me out with this. The FBS and NCAA. What does that typically stand for? The difference. in yeah. stat. I'm not quite sure. Do we know? Myself. FBS, because I've seen that before. Too. Is that like football, the main one? Football bowl division, or okay, that's what I thought it was. Sub bowl division, or something or is like it? That. So, is like Alabama and them an FBS? Everybody, is everybody's an FBS. An FBS. Okay, regardless, this was a crazy stat. Twenty thirteen, you were the leading tackler in Division One oh, FBS. Right. Yeah, yeah, man. How many did he have? Do you remember? Uh, one thirty six. My my senior year. Twenty thirteen was the year. So I don't know. I'm pretty sure this. No, was, it was it was uh, my senior year was okay, and I think it was one 
59. Yeah, he didn't want you to cut him short. Nah, that's fine. Look, 50, yeah, I, was like, I also I also saw from Wikipedia, so you know someone could have edited this morning. You know, Denver fan over here. Hey, right, right. 130. Either way, it's a lot of tackles, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it it was de- but it was definitely a a humbling experience going through that, and then getting no love after that. So like, as far as the the recruiting process into the league went. So I mean, it definitely was was a slap in the face in a sense, but put a chip on my shoulder uh, going forward from my college career. So, and to correct to get the number correct, it's one fifty nine that averages to thirteen point three tackles a game, That's a right, right? Which is a lot of tackles. Still says twenty thirteen <laughs> here, but. Well, 13, 14. 13, 14. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, years are always confusing with football because right. it goes <laughs> right. into another Season. year. Yeah. But um, so you end up um, after playing at San Jose, right. you come down to Stars, get your pre-draft on, and right. then uh, the draft comes and you go undrafted. Yeah. But you get picked up by the Dallas Cowboys. Right. What? So how long was? Were you one of those right after the draft they called you up, or did you sit there a little bit? Yeah, no, I'm, I actually uh, had a few calls, like, in the seventh round. So, I'm like, ooh, I'm going to get drafted in the seventh round. Like, yeah. You want to say who those were? Uh, I think the Chargers The Chargers called me. Um, okay. The Niners called me. Um, so, everyone whose Cowboys. backyard you were in. Right, 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 right. Um, and I think the Falcons called me. Okay. And... Um, I actually, they they actually all told me like, stay by your phone, like blah blah blah, like we're thinking about taking you in the in the seventh round, but um, possibly as a uh, what is it called a priority, priority free, free agent. agent, and I was like, oh, okay, what does like, that mean, man. priority free agent? So like, to my understanding, it's the guys it's who preferred walk on, pre- basically. So they want you, but they just don't want you enough to draft you. Right. It's okay. Like, it's just kind of weird. It's like, like so, it's all yeah. those players that come out right when like the draft ends. Like, oh, they signed to yeah, a exactly. team. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. No, that happened to, to somebody I knew, but I don't remember who it was. But yeah. It was right. Like, yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's what, how a lot of dudes uh, get picked up, like free agents. I mean, a lot of big names. Like, um, I actually just seen the little stat um, I had posted on my Instagram. But there's more more players at beef thirty one. Yeah, so there, apparently there's more players um, since 2014 or 2013. I don't remember the year, but there's more undrafted free agent players than there were draftees from the like still active to, on the team. Second to. Seventh round or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I remember still playing. I remember a few years ago, the Raiders had like the most. Like that was Reggie McKenzie when he was back there. That was his thing. Like Jalen Rashard came on as a walk on. Yeah, there were a too. Like half the Raiders training camps were like undrafted free agents. Yeah, yeah. the brush. Yeah, I wonder what the. the thought process is behind that. Like, is there like a certain type of player that maybe he has a, a chip on his shoulder, like a Key Smith, or is that just kind of their model of building their I, team? I feel like if I was in the back office, I'm looking at numbers. Yeah. You know, if if I'm drafting somebody, like no matter what round, I feel, and you know, obviously it's different player, person to person, player to player, but like, I got that title. Ooh, I got drafted, right. which coincides with paycheck in my brain. Yeah. 
compared to undrafted where it's, okay, they didn't really want me. I got to work, so I don't have to pay. You know what I mean? So if if I'm drafting somebody, in my mind as a businessman, they might already be thinking that they already got the check. Rather, I bring them in undrafted, then I'm going to get a little more juice from them because they're going to be coming in trying to prove themselves and try to get that check. Yeah. Rather than thinking they're entitled to it, so that might be a way. I mean, I'm, I've never been in an well, NFL well, office. We have so. a, a NFL we, player right here that we didn't do. Get drafted. <laughs> right. What was your What was your take? I think I honestly think it's just because you know all this whole draft process and all of it is just all about potential and and what guys are potentially gonna be able to be molded into or whatever it is. And so, like, that's why the combine becomes so important to get drafted and uh, pro day becomes so important to get drafted because they see the numbers and they're like, oh, we can mold this guy into whatever, blah, blah. But I think a, a lot of it, as far as unrestricted, I mean, undrafted free agents is like, those are the football guys right. who don't necessarily test well or whatever, but... You you can't deny film. You know what I'm saying? You can't can't deny film. And a football player is gonna be a football player. So sometimes they don't necessarily see the tools that they can use, but they see the film and they're willing to take a chance because some guys don't test well, but they play at a different level. Like right. Jerry Rice, like he didn't he didn't run fast, but yet he's blowing past defenders left and right. You know what I'm saying? So like, I think it's just different. As far as I think, that's why I my my personal uh, advice to all the undrafted dudes and, and one eye is just like don't even worry about even even talking to the pre-draft guys uh, working here. I'd be telling them like don't worry about that combine stuff. Like all that all that is just for for the publicity and the show and everything. Like just keep your head down and keep grinding because all you really need is one opportunity. Right. Because regardless of if you get drafted or not, it's just do you get money at the front end or the back end? Because, I mean, really, just like that stat I just said that I had seen, there's a lot of them drafted players ain't even playing no more. Right. But the undrafted dudes, I mean, this is – we we I feel like that's probably why the stat is like that because a lot of the undrafted dudes don't – had to work for this money. You know what I'm saying? They're trying to get to that second contract and get to that money. You know what I'm saying? Regardless – uh, aside from just having that passion and that and that chip on your shoulder, but um, I think a lot of that goes into the the recruiting process of signing free agents and whatnot. Because there's a lot of dudes that do, people don't know about. It's a lot of politics and stuff that come. You see a guy come out of nowhere. And he's in his third year in the league, fourth year in the league. You're like, where is this guy at? Everybody in the league knows who is it. His teammates was like, bro, why is this dude not playing? He, he didn't get drafted in the first round. He didn't get drafted in the first four rounds, right. whatever. But, I mean, I just think that's that's how the league works and how how the business and the politics of it works. So that's 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 all I think half, half of the battle of the recruiting process and getting drafted is just beating the politics and whatnot. And the best way to do that is to test well. You know what I'm saying? So... Now let's talk to someone who was drafted. Oh gosh! <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your take on this? Well, personally, I, you know, my situation was different. Obviously, I got drafted in the fourth round, but I still had the chip on my shoulder. I think if I would have got drafted in the first round, 
I would have had a chip because I wasn't the first guy off the board. That's just kind of the nature of, of right. who I am. But, you know, going into a locker room as a fourth-round draft pick, you feel pretty good about yourself. You know, you feel like you're in a good place. But the NFL, and, and he mentioned it earlier, it's such it's such a business that you might get drafted. I've seen first-rounders not play their first year and their second year. And so because of that, it just it brings awareness to you got to earn your keep no matter if you're a, a priority-free agent or a first-round right. draft pick. So it's really all just the mentality that you – have when you get drafted or if you don't get drafted because some guys don't get drafted but they still feel like oh i'm the man like i did this in college right and then there's certain first rounders who get drafted that are like hey i want to be a hall of famer and i'm gonna work um and i'm gonna do whatever it takes to be the best so it's really just it's person to person man everyone's different everyone's going to take the approach of you know how are you going to operate as a professional if it's forget about what you did in college it's what you do as a professional i think that makes it a ton of difference and it's absolutely it's more of a personality thing than anything i mean this guy was fortunate enough. I mean, he's seen kind of what I did and, and kind of my mindset every offseason. So he had a little bit of that advantage um, in that regard. But, you know, everybody's different. You know, you might take a difference. You might say, man, I, I got my bag. I'm a first-rounder. Let me let me take right. my foot off the right. gas. And that happens a lot of times, unfortunately. Yeah, and, and just like he said, but I think just even in your, your situation, like you didn't play like a fourth-rounder, and <laughs> you knew that. But at the same time, it was like the chip on your shoulder. Like you said, if you was a first-rounder and you wasn't the first guy off the board, that's how, how it's going to be. But I think that's just how the league mentality is, is like it's it's all mental. You know what I'm saying? Like, And if you if you cut guys open and see what, what they're made of, it's like that's what separates guys in the league. Everybody's talented. Everybody's fast, strong, whatever they they have, whatever ass hate they have. But it's that mental, mental uh, gap that separates people. And and you you see it with with these top athletes. Like you see it with Jalen Ramsey and 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 Des Bryant. You see it like this this ultimate confidence that almost comes off as arrogance. It's I I think it's it's not arrogance. I think it's just believing in in your your abilities to the best of your ability cuz i i feel like i went through that in my career like just being an undrafted free agent yeah i had my chip on my shoulder but that also gave me doubt so i'm like okay let me just make the team let me just let me just get in there and and let me just stick around and then like when when i got cut 20 times and that mentality was out the door. It was kind of like, I don't have anything to lose. Like, I'm tired of being average and tired of just barely making it. So, like, I changed my mindset, and I was like, I want to actually do something. I want to actually contribute in my own way that I know I can contribute to. And I think that's just a a lot of the difference between um, a lot of players in the league. And and I think that sometimes the draft – hurts people like he said like people are different they get this bag and they just like oh I'm good like and you see first rounders just sit around and they lazy and then when Sugar Honey Ice T hits the fan like you, know, you got kids right <laughs> yeah right <laughs> when it when it hits the fan you know that's when they kind of blossom and they're like ooh that's when them sometimes they become late bloomers because then they get it like oh I gotta work for this I can't I'm talented but I can't just sit around and and it's not just gonna happen and so like I think that's that's part of it and, and it's just it's just a whole mentality thing and and I I think the draft and everything is just it, it's 
kind of an unfortunate thing to where somebody has to put a value on you. You know what I'm saying? And but I mean that's just the the name of the game. So it that's is the whole it business is. of things. Right, right, right. Because that goes into Makes free money. agency right. and. We just passed Franchise Tag Monday and <laughs> right. every other thing where everyone's putting the value, and that's why I think NCAA is a robbery, but it's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but you did mention uh, getting cut. You said 20 times. It was a lot. Uh, not to be disrespectful or anything, but I do want to talk about, because you spoke about the mentality, but I want to talk about kind of overcoming. You know, you get brought into training camp undrafted from – the Cowboys right. and then um, then they cut you the first time because they wanted to bring in someone in a different position and then right. someone like two days later a linebacker gets hurt and they bring you back and then they want to bring somebody else in and then you're gone again right. and then you're back because someone else, yo, back yo. and forth back yo, and yo, forth you, yeah so you're sitting on the couch just are is there a point where you're like man this isn't worth it anymore like yeah I mean for a second, it was real discouraging and stuff like going through that. But I've always been been an optimist and kind of just looked at the positives. And and I think the the main thing that kept me going was was just belief in myself and that like a lot of this stuff is out of my control. But at the same time, I had to take accountability as well because I'm not doing enough to be on the bubble, you know what I'm saying? Right. Not to be on the bubble. So, like, that also drive me, in a sense, too. Like, after my first year, I was active however many games, like 12 games or whatever, then then they cut me after the draft. They drafted some backers, cut me. So I'm sitting on the couch for, like, three months. Now, some, are you paying attention to the draft as a player? You're um, In my position, what? I'm, I'm like this, like. Praying they don't draft the linebacker. linebacker? <laughs> oh Lord, but but no, um, like like he said, it's just all mentality. Like I was at home for for three months or however many months it was after they cut me after the draft, and some guys would just sit around and be in their feelings, like feeling sorry for themselves. Oh man, like this could be it. Like dang, I got cut. Blah blah blah. But. I, I really looked at that time. I'm like, this is a whole bunch of free time. Like, I was literally working out the morning, afternoon, night, three three days, whatever it took. Like, and uh, God's work, I, I was fortunate enough. Somebody went down on the Cowboys, and I was brought in. And, and I've been three I came in. I was bigger. I was stronger. I was faster. Three months three days at stars like what you mean like what you thought i was <laughs> thought was gonna happen so like literally i had they they worked me they made me work out like after i just played a whole season they made me work out to see like right is this dude still keith smith and i'm like whatever so i killed the workout <laughs> body bloody like they made me run they made me do drills all that my uh special teams coach pulled me to the side and he's like it's like beef you want the juice? And I was like, I was like, what? I was like, but it was almost a, a compliment just right. like to my, my work ethic because I'm like, you thought I was just going to sit on my butt the whole time while while I was at home? Like, no, nah, give me all this time. I'm going to use it. Like, and that's what I did. And it just kind of uh, went from there. And then um, uh, even, even like 
my second year, I mean, it was I still got cut because of um some I think D Law got suspended or something. Demarcus Lawrence got suspended and after the fourth game he came back and then I was back in the in the uh yo 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 life. So um it, it was definitely a journey, but I mean I think just having my faith in, in God and, and faith in myself just kinda kept me going the whole time. Because twenty times that's not common. Right, you nah. you hear a guy get cut once or twice, but twenty times, I mean, for one player, it is a lot, man. And was that yeah. mentality the same every time you got cut, or was it like, was there one that hurt more than the other? Um, I think the one that hurt the most was probably after my second year, because it was like I was balling like that. The first year, I I made the squad. I'm, I was on P squad, but I got activated. So out of camp, I I made P squad, and right. I was on P squad till like week two or three. Then somebody got hurt. Then I got activated, and I was up and down, whatever. So in in the back of my head, I'm like, dang, like I kind of made the team, but also like luck was there because this dude got hurt, like, and I'm in there, and I wasn't really playing much anyway. So like, I'm like, whatever. Then when I came back after working out three times a day, like I really was making plays and I felt like this was the first time like I really I made this like I made the team out the gate. Like I was in there playing and stuff and then um the suspension stuff happened, whatever. Um and Demarcus came back and then I I got demoted or whatever. So like that one hurt because I'm like, dang, like that that that's the point where you gotta really like check yourself. Like, was that D Law or Rolanda, or was Rolanda the year before? Because I know there's Ro, a you guys. Roe was the my rookie year. Ro okay. was why I was getting activated and deactivated. Right, yeah, because so, like, I remember that he would. You know, he you know Rolando. He yeah. crazy. He was just like, mm, I'll show up today. Or so you know, I'm in the back <laughs> like, hey, you trying to let me get that game check this week? Like, you know what I'm saying? But but um. Nah, uh, I think the second year it was D Law. Okay, I'm not sure, but whoever, or it might have right. been Greg Hardy. So whoever it was, um, that happened, and those list of players from the Cowboys is just wild. <laughs> right, if you right. think about All of them that, right. yeah, right. nah, it's like Jerry Jones running the yeah, circus he, over he there. He don't even care. He just like, look, y'all, y'all nice. Just try not to do nothing. In Dallas, whatever, but um, was that your Jerry Jones? That was, that, that was, that was a good Jerry Jones. Jones. That, <laughs> that, that, <laughs> chop that one up. That one. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it definitely was a journey, and and it was it was a tough journey, but I think it just made me stronger in the process. What we got going on? Y'all good? <laughs> awkward Paul. Hey, write this time down to timestamp it. <laughs> um. Okay, sorry, I lost my train of thought with what was going on in the background. Um, okay, so you get cut. I remember where I wanted to go with this. All right, back into it. Um, you mentioned P-Squad. For everyone who doesn't know, I assume you're talking about practice, practice squad. squad yeah. What is that? What are you doing on practice squad? Because that's something I've always been curious as someone that's never been, you know, there. You just run and scout the whole you're time? You're doing everything, literally everything. Like, that's that's pretty what propelled my, my career was, was practice squad because – it, excuse me. It gave it gave me the opportunity to show my talents completely because like I was literally playing everything. Like I was sending JD clips of me a slot receiver 
Or and I would <laughs> split laugh. out. And I would laugh. Yeah, you would laugh? I would laugh. But, I would be like, but were you nice? Were you... He was doing his thing, but I would be like, bro, what are you doing? You're a linebacker. <laughs> right. like, why are you sending me right. clips of offense? Like, right. <laughs> and, but, like, I actually started making plays on the, the starting defense, and, like, the vets was, was pulling me aside. Like, when we were on the sidelines, it was like, bro, you better chill out. You're going to end up on that side of the ball. <laughs> and I'm like, man, watch out. And sure enough, they they the last game of the season after um, uh, my my second year, uh, my my running backs coach came up to me. He was like, "Hey, what you feel about uh, being in the running backs room?" And I was like, "Man, get out of here!" Like, I'm too big like, for that. Right. <laughs> I was like, "Man, get out of here!" Like, just kind of sh- sh- shrugged it off. And he was like, "Nah, for real. Like, I'm serious. Like, we've been talking about it. Like, blah blah and." Like I'm just a dude of opportunity. Like if the opportunity is there, like I'm I'm gonna take it. And so like that kind of just propelled me into the transition of being a fullback. So now let's get into that. So um, your was it your last year at Dallas? Right before your last year at Dallas, uh, I guess the reports were that Jason Garrett pulled you aside and basically told you, "Hey, you're a running back now." Right, right. Yeah, he he it was exit meetings. He was like, Yeah, I want you to uh I want you to keep it in mind that we're gonna try you out at fullback if if it's okay with or I don't even know if he gave me the option, but I was like, <laughs> All right, whatever, like but um yeah, so the first the you know, we get basically two breaks uh okay. in the off season before OTAs and after OTAs. So that first break I ain't know what I was doing. Which is the major off season kind of between the season and the ended. bigger. It's the bigger gap, you know right. what I'm saying? Which more of the crucial training is after OTAs, but at the same time, like you, you can, you got a little more freedom in the in the first half. Yeah, go do go vacation, but stay in shape. Right, exactly, and um, so like during that that break, I was kind of like. Man, I don't like. I'm still working with JD and the footwork drills, doing backpedal, change of direction and stuff, and watching the offensive dudes over there. Like, dang, I probably should be over there, like doing this. So I started uh, working in with with Frog and and stuff, and and I think just just doing a lot of the DB work and the change of direction and stuff. Like, I think that helped me. Like, gave me more tools of change of direction and just that footwork to be able to make the transition to offense as well as frog fine tuning all of that with, and giving me the whole offensive mentality. I think that all just kind of helped me make that transition transition smoothly. And which, which it ended up being doing, doing good because going into OTAs, I wasn't the favorite guy. Like they, they uh, converted me. They actually didn't resign our, old fullback they banked on making rod smith the big tailback in dallas right now they switched him to fullback as well as me but he was the favorite so like he was getting all the reps and stuff and uh all that in ota so i would get like two reps in practice and whatnot whatever which which sucked but till camp came when we put the pads on it was like rod was was a finesse tailback. He wasn't really trying to hit nobody. And right. that's when I kind of made my noise. Like, and I, w- I was athletic enough to, to run routes and, and whatnot. So like, 
uh, and my hands was was nice. You know, I got the best hands at stars. So like, <laughs> I, I kind of just used that tool as well, and um, it just all kind of played in in perfectly. When that when that meeting was done with Coach Garrett, and you shut the door, you walk away. At any point where you're like, okay, a position change in the NFL, like that doesn't happen often. Was it one of those things where like, is this the writing on the wall? Is this like them trying to push me out? Or Absolutely. How did you feel? Absolutely. It was kind of like, it was kind of like nerve wracking because it was like, dang, like they don't want me at Because you didn't play fullback. I mean, you didn't play offense in high school. You didn't play it in college. Right. But now all of a sudden you're yeah, in the yeah. NFL after being cut a number of times. They say, hey. Try this new position. This might work. This might look good on you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, that's why I was saying, like, that first break, I kind of just was like, I hadn't I hadn't accepted it yet. Oh, get me right. Yeah, it's my boy, <laughs> man. Get me right, Jay. That's what I was saying. In the first break, I hadn't accepted yet. So, like, I was still working on both. Like, man, it's not for sure, for sure yet. But when I got back to Dallas for, like, OTA workouts and stuff, like, I'll tell you what, what really, like, flipped my mindset was we were starting to learn a little bit of the scheme and whatnot and mm-hmm. Jason Witten he pulls me aside and he he's like what do you got on act five protection and I was like uh, I was like uh, Mike Mike to safety and he was like he was like see that's that he was like that's that bullshit he was like you need to notice at the the back of your hand like like the back of your hand he was like um he was like these dudes didn't didn't make that tra- transition for for any reason. They actually believe in you, and they actually believe that you can do this. And he was like, "And I'm gonna tell you straight up, like I've been, I've seen you, I've seen you in scout, like doing all this, like you have what it takes, you can do this, like, and I believe in you as well." And he was like, "But you need to learn learn this stuff, like the back of your hand or hand, or because if they throw you in the fire and you don't know what you're doing, then they're not even gonna give you a chance." So like that right there was like, I was sitting there like, dang, and that's Jason Witten, yeah, the yeah. goat. Like, he he would be one of the greatest tight ends of all time. He believed in me, so I was like, okay, like that is that one just, of the greatest. He's coming back, right, right. <laughs> Not one of the greatest commentators of all time, but players. <laughs> Tony, Tony, however, Tony, Tony they need to Tony take Chris Cole. Collinsworth or whoever who's in Madden right now, um, dude from NFL Network. Uh, is it Burma? No. Uh, I, I just know. I only remember Collinsworth is the only guy that I, Well, they need to take both them out of Madden and just put Tony Romo in my ear <laughs> Oh, in the game. The video game. The yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Yeah. Take them out of they Madden. They got to put Tony in there. They, they need. Put, they need Tony. I need to be playing. Game. I need to be playing defense on Madden <laughs> and hear the whole offensive play right. in my headset before it right. goes at off least, on Madden. At least in one game during the season. Got to have Tony in there. I mean, is it, what, sec, is second year doing this? Tony Ramos, and he already was doing. He yeah. did the Super Bowl, Bowl he right? Did Super Bowl, yeah, that's crazy. Second year, his that's first cool. game was uh, Raiders Titans, um, two years ago. Oh, a Dory's wow. rookie game, first oh, game. Wow. Did Did y'all win? Yeah, we won. Okay, we, won. we we yeah. we won. <laughs> but we. I wasn't. We there. Yeah, <laughs> no, we won. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Amari Cooper scored on a nice slant on a Dory. Where are Dory? Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Did he did poor job tackling that play. Um. <laughs> But he did, he did hurdle the hell out of Trevecchio, the opening kickoff that oh, that game. Real? Yeah, that's dope. Oh that's god, dope. it's fun. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm getting my my Raider back. Um, <laughs> what are we talking about? Cowboys. 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 Yeah. Jason Witten and your transition. 
Um, real quick, was your number the same the whole time? Forty one. No, I, I have, I have four. I think I have five. And I don't even know now. I'm talking about Cowboys though, Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. You had like five numbers too. Yeah, I have. I have fifty seven. No, 31. first number was forty three. Okay. Then I had fifty seven. Then I had fifty six. Then forty one. Okay, but did so, you have forty one coming into coming off of that last year as linebacker? No. No, so did you show up and they had because that would because that's what I'm picturing is you like were like oh man they just they full of BS like I'm a linebacker <laughs> then you come into the locker room and it's just a running backs number just posted <laughs> in the locker right, name nah, tape nah, change yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> who's locker this nah when I came back they was like they were like you know you're gonna have to change your number blah blah and then I was like dang like this is for real. So then I just kind of was looking. I actually looked online at like what numbers look good. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Did you I like go to Create a Player and Madden was like, let right. me get the Cowboy jersey on. Right. Let's see what number looks good because my number honestly, my lucky number seventy two. But whenever I played for the Ravens, I had to have a three in there <laughs> and a four thirty four because those were the coolest looking numbers right. with the little angle of yeah, the yeah. the no, jerseys. I, I yeah. Um, Okay, so you get your you play one year in Dallas fullback, right? You have you have a good year. Uh then you hit free agency. Two years. Two years, two years, excuse me. Sorry, two years. I want to talk about that free was that something that you elected to do? Was like I want to go test the markets or were you you were given the heads up? No, that's the the craziness about our CBA agreement right now is just it's it's terrible. <laughs> After my fourth year, I was still a restricted free agent. So it 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 all you depended on Dallas. This. So that's what I was gonna say. It all depended on Dallas. So they Dallas had my rights as far as um basically what I could do. So they could put a tender on me, which is only undrafted players get tendered, which they put a value on you, a draft value. And then basically if you're either a first first round tender, second round tender, or late round tender, is the the third one I think, and um, basically if they do tender you, you get whatever the value was set for that draft round tender. So like sometimes I think this year the first round tender is like three mil or four mil. So it's it's you get that value for one year and then you hit free agency as an unrestricted free agent after that year. Okay. But say if they tender you and so anybody can offer you, right? Right. It's, it's so complicated. Anybody can offer you, but the 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 Cowboys hold my rights, so they have the right to match it. Right. So if they don't match it and they let me go to a team then that team not only has to pay me that that round tender, they have to give up the draft round pick of the round tender. So really they would have put a late round tender on me, and if somebody else tried to sign me, 
and they didn't match it, then that team would have had to give up a, a late round draft. Is pick. that where those compensation picks come into play later on? I don't where know the league where just be handing out late round picks for no reason? Because yeah, I never yeah. understood why. I don't even know what those are. Because I remember, yeah. I remember like four years ago, it was like, oh yeah, the Raiders got four compensatory, se- compensatory seventh round picks, and I was like, right. for what? Like it was the year like we went like four and nothing. Derek Carr's rookie year, and like the next year we had like an extra seven round. But it was the year we drafted. Um, dude was here, uh, defensive back. Here, like at Stars. Here? Yeah, uh, from I think Utah. Oh, Keith oh, McGill. Keith. Yeah, that yeah. that's we, he was one of our. Uh, compensatory. Picks. Yeah, compensatory. Com- <laughs> yeah, he was one of those random picks. <laughs> right. I'm right. pretty sure. Yeah. But Dallas didn't end up tendering me. So I was unrestricted. So it was. It, I mean, it it worked out because I mean I love where I'm at, and my my uh, special teams coach from Dallas actually right. is like best friends with Gruden, and so when Gruden got the job, it was kind of known in Dallas like, oh, Basaji about to leave, like he about to go with his guy. So he literally left, and like before he left, the last day I was in Dallas, or the last day I seen him in Dallas, he was like, he was like. Beef. He was like, you a free agent this year, right? And I was like, yeah, I'm restricted. He was like, I'm coming to get you. <laughs> so I was like, say no more. Say no more. So he ended up coming get me, coming to get me, and it only worked out better that they didn't tender me. So it was cool. But that's got to feel good, I mean, coming from a coach. like, And that's the weird thing about the NFL. Like, you very rarely have somebody tell you that they – you know, they want you. They, right, they appreciate right. the work that you do. And so for that, I'm sure, you know, despite all the ups and downs right, and getting absolutely. cut, like to hear a coach say that, it's got to feel good because he doesn't have to say that. Like right. he doesn't have to just bullcrap you like that. But at that moment, I'm I'm pretty sure you're like, okay, like maybe, yeah, maybe no. I can do this league well, thing. It, it absolutely felt good because that was like the first time I kind of like felt wanted, like you said. And um, so like when I got to, to Oakland, like they was just showing me love and like, like, oh, this is nice. I bet you, I bet you that was uh, even uh, over Basaccia. Just you're, you're. I've seen the label on you a lot, and Gruden has the, a Gruden grinder. <laughs> just a, a a big meaty mf'er that just gets in the trenches and likes to put his head down right. and hit things. <laughs> and like from you know. I'll, I'll see who we're bringing. Let me go watch the highlight film. Let me go see what this person's about. And I'll go back a couple of years and just see. And the second I seen your tape, um, I, I got excited. And I don't get excited over fullbacks. Not you know, no offense. You know, you got to make fullbacks great again. Hat on, but he's uh, fullbacks. You know, you you're in there. You do your job, and then you go home. It's kind of like like it's all a, linemen. Yeah, okay. it's a big. It's a it's a chipper position, and. Um, it really is like an O line because you have to know everyone's responsibility. Right. Just like the guard needs to know the center and the tackle's responsibilities, you need to know the running back and the wide receivers and the quarterbacks and the O. Right. You probably need to know just as much as DC four back there. Um, <laughs> almost, almost, yeah. Right. Um, so I just think it's a great fit, and I hope you make it to Vegas. But um, yeah. I want, I do want to talk about, you know, Jason Garrett. Jerry Jones, the Cowboys' legendary organization. Right. right. Now you're going to the Raiders. The Raiders. Another legendary. An- another yeah. one. You know, Al Davis, rest his soul, isn't there, but you st- it's still in the family. Mark's there. Right. But then, to boot, 
you have probably one of the most influential coaches. As a fan, I could say this. Every offseason, my dad would call me up. Hey, we didn't have a good year. You think we're going to bring back Gruden? I'm like, no, <laughs> we're not. <laughs> That's not a thing. And then finally the rumblings start happening. You know, he announces he's leaving ESPN and all this, and then right. he comes. And the fan base erupts. Then they announce what he got paid to kind of slow down a little bit. <laughs> you know, everyone's getting excited and everyone's excited. The excitement is building. Right. Do you feel that coming in? Oh yeah, you said absolutely. you you said you were getting love from the locker room. I'm sure that the yeah, fans the, were definitely the the aura was definitely like crazy, especially with Gruden's arrival and um, just all the hype around that and whatnot. It was it, there was there was definitely a a big aura around the facility and a lot of enthusiasm and whatnot and but also expectation and I think that's that's what. Um, kind of didn't go in our favor this year, the year that we had. Right. And it kind of pissed a lot of people off. But if you really look at the season and, and look at the games in depth, we really was playing with a lot of guys, with a lot of teams. I mean, and it was just like the we didn't start gelling till the end of the season. And, and a lot of people don't understand how a locker room works. And right. with – all these pieces moving around, we lose Khalil Mack. We lose Amari Cooper week seven or whatever Jeez. it was. Like, these are our best players. So, yeah. you got to understand, like, there's a shockwave that goes through the, through the locker room. And especially and that like offense. That. Right, Jay, right. Jay, let me ask you a question okay. as a fan. Got it. Do you see those moves happen? What is going on in your right, head? Right, right. Like, what are you feeling? And are I you know asking not, me? And I know you're not speaking for all fans, but just – you personally, you see Amari leave, you see Khalil leave. What is going so on? So I so can we start with the timeline, Khalil Mack? I remember the exact second day, minute I know exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I was at work in a box in the military, miserable, listening to a Raiders podcast, being like, Oh man, they ain't gonna trade Vic Tafer from the Athletic just being like, Oh man, he's talking about I don't see them doing it. I don't see them doing it and I'm just scrolling on timeline and then Adam Schefter pops up on my damn phone <laughs> and my my stomach just you know, just sank. Khalil Mack was probably one of my favorite players on the team at that point. So that one hurt. That one I was like, I can't believe they did it, this, that, whatever. Then I'm starting to like, all right, well what you know, then I go, what do we get back? First round, and then the reports are coming out, and the player. So, so I'm like, okay, well, you know, maybe we got, like, because the, they had that, I forget uh, his name, but the linebacker that they had drafted the year before. I was, or was it that year or the year before? I can't remember his name, but there were reports that it might have been the rookie that they traded, and I was like. Markel? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. I forget, where is he? I can't. Brandon, can you look that up? The the I think he was a rookie last year. Last year was his second second year. Uh Bears linebacker. But anyways, the reports of oh that that they speculation he might be coming. I'm like, okay. Oh, you talking about from from the Bears. Chicago, from yeah. the Bears. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that you know, it's it's not Khalil Mack, but it's like okay. Kukowski from West Virginia? No. no, I wasn't there. Maybe I gotta tell you about him too. Kukowski. But um, 
yeah, regardless. Tell us about how you feeling. Regardless. So I'm like I'm having mixed emotions. I'm I'm like going back and forth. I'm like ah, Cleo Mac. And then you know the Raider fan, the homebody in me starts saying, oh well. He didn't want to be here anyway, <laughs> you know. But he never at, liked Oakland anyway. Yeah, but at, at the end of the day, that that kind of me, I, I feel like I'm more of a level-headed fan, even though I held on to my Jamarcus Russell jersey way too long. Um, <laughs> yeah, that thing. I was born that thing. Ah, he'll be fine. He's gonna lose the weight. Nah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I have nothing but love for Khalil Mack. Um, I wish him the best. Every game I was cheering against him, you know, because I wanted that first-round pick to be a nice one. Right. Um, but that's the only thing. After this season, I want Khalil Mack to get a ring. I hope they do well. Um, like to see him succeed. Now, Amari Cooper, that's a different story. Especially after Amari got to Dallas <laughs> as a fan. Sick. It was balling. Sick. Mm-mm. The but the foot the, on the field doesn't bother me because there were some flashes of what he did in Oakland, being wide open down the field and dropping the ball, mm. right? So and you know, obviously I'm not in that school. He he's getting the check. Salt. There's, um, there's a little salt. Just, little salt. Right? <laughs> Look, because my uncle, both my uncles are big Cowboys fans, so they're texting me and my dad because me and my dad are Raiders fans. Oh, like you guys know more about Cooper, and then my dad kind of privies to me because I'm more of like my dad likes the Raiders. I'm more like I'll actually pay attention to more of the Raiders and I'm like well I mean I like Cooper you know he's kind of reliable but you know third down four yards to go he runs a slant he's wide open and he drops the ball or you know Derek Carr he's wide open down the field and it's like it looks like he gave up a little bit you know and I see that I'm and you know just to poke fun at the Dallas fans I'm like you guys are getting a great receiver who gives up if the team is down in the third quarter. Like, just poking fun. So, that was kind of how I was feeling, but it wasn't until Amari's personality came out more, and I could, I got the feeling, and I don't know him personally, so I, this is all speculation, he never enjoyed being in Oakland, and he didn't like being a Raider. That's, and I actually had this conversation with, um, with my cousin, who's uh, a Cowboys fan, and he's like, he, he was really like, Trying to, trying to downplay the trade, blah, blah. Like, man, why we trade for Amari? Blah, blah. He ain't done nothing, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, bro, like, you don't you don't understand what y'all get. Y'all getting a gym who has all he, – he's a generational talent who has all these attributes that can be utilized. All he needs is a change of scenery. Right. And, and I said this before he started balling. I was like, look, like – I, I feel like I feel like hands and catching the ball is more of a mental and concentration type thing. Right. And confidence. And I think that his time in Oakland, I, I don't think that I think he was he was pressured a lot and and I don't think that it just was the the right scenery for him as far as to thrive in that in that uh that element. And um I was like, I was like, y'all, you crazy to tell me that y'all not about to do it. He's literally going to change y'all game because he's going to open up the field. Teams are going to have to worry about Amari because yeah. he has that speed, quickness. Like, I've never seen anybody run routes like like this dude. Like, like it's crazy. And so, like, 
when when that happened, I was like, dang, this might be exactly what he needs for his career for from a personal perspective. I mean, I know I was sick, like, f- from my team's perspective because it was like, dang, we just lost Amari Cooper, you know right. what I'm saying? But I, I was actually happy for him because I felt like it, he was going to do some big things with it. How does that, how does that but, impact the locker room when stuff like that happens? Is it? Does it become not a cancer, but can you hear the whispers in the locker room or guys being distracted now at practice talking about those transactions that are happening? He was pulled right. off the practice field. That's all oh, I forgot yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was pulled well, off the practice I field. Forgot I forgot about that. Practice. Yeah, yeah, like just Damn. like I said, like that's why I was saying, like there's a ripple that goes through the locker room. Like people don't understand, like all these moving pieces. Like it's not easy to focus on football alone. And your your craft when there's all this stuff going on because now you questioning like man what is really going on like right. you trying to raid all our best players but I think that's just Gruden is like he's a master a genius he's a mastermind mm-hmm. like and I just know from being in meetings and and hearing his scheme and and everything like he knows what he's doing so like it took I think it took guys a second to like really just accepted like okay like we're in a rebuilding phase like he's 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 trying to take this team where it hasn't been before for a reason and i mean i can, i can see where he's coming from one he didn't have the money to to pay Khalil Mack two Amari Cooper he he didn't fit his vision right i don't think he fit fit his his vision to what he i would agree with seen. that you know what i'm saying so like He's trying to do what he he sees that's going to bring us to the the ultimate goal. It was a Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? The one thing, but, and not to interrupt, but the one thing I will say for Raiders fans, and I heard this a lot, and this is where I was, where the sentiment came into my head, Oakley didn't want to be there, is he had one year left on that deal. He could have just shown up and, you know, maybe he would have got tagged. Maybe he would have gotten a deal. Maybe he would have walked at the end of this season. You know, he could have played that, played out that deal, but it's also a business aspect. You don't want to get hurt in training camp, so I understand yeah, the sin now. Yeah, yeah. I understand that. I'm not trying to say he should have been but, there the whole training also, camp. But also, you gotta you gotta realize, DC just got paid right a hundred mil. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And when you the best player on the team and you seeing this guy getting a hundred mil, it's like almost a slap in the face at the same time. Not think, n- not to say that he should have got paid before DC, but. I'm that's I think that's why he wanted to get paid the year after, you know what I'm saying? Because I mean, he deserved he deserved Well, it not completely. even not even that, but you paid the guard Gabe Jackson. Uh, right, right. That was like right. so he got that cash. Yeah. So he got that cash too. But also, I think it was a statement for Khalil Mack from the players like He's only locked in because of this BS uh, CBA agreement. You know what I'm saying? This fifth-year option stuff, like whatever. He literally could have got fifth-year option, franchise tag, franchise tag, franchise tag. He would have been – he wouldn't have got his deal potentially for four more years. You know what I'm saying? So, like, as as a human being, as a a person, you got to be selfish sometimes. You know what I'm saying? Right. I know I don't I have no doubt in my mind just from being around my teammates and stuff and them talking about what type of dude Khalil is. Um, I have no doubt in my mind that he he was probably at home hurting. Like, 
I'm all my bro, my boys is over there grinding. You know what I'm saying? Like he was probably itching. Like I I should be there right now, but I, at the same time he you tweeted gotta, I miss football, and then Derek Carr tweeted him back I miss you. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, yeah, but I mean I just think from from a, a player's perspective, it's a lot of a lot of stuff you can't control, and especially with that contract stuff, like. The CBA agreement stuff, like, that's tough. It's tough situations, just like Le'Veon. Like, a lot of people don't understand his moves, but right. he's trying to make a statement Oh, no, I understand well. his moves loud and clear. Yeah, I feel like Le'Veon's uh, moves are loud and clear and <laughs> understandable, bold, memo. Um, but I do want to talk about more about your time in Oakland. Um as far as before we get off this topic, though, I want to because you were in that locker room. As fans and people watching, Amari came off as kind of a shy, timid personality. As far as in Oakland, I remember his rookie press conference. One of the reporters was like, "Oh, do you have a celebration in mind now that they lifted the celebration rules?" He goes, "No," and like didn't even move. Right. No, I'm gonna hand the ball to the ref, like something like that. And then he gets to Dallas. And he's wilding yeah, on post game, but at the same time, <laughs> yeah. I think whole new that's person. Dallas, yeah. Like I just that locker room over there is real tight knit too, and uh, I mean, I think that just the new scenery gave him a new confidence <laughs> as well. But um, just knowing knowing the the bit of Amari that I did know, um, he w- he wasn't really like out there like that. So like, even when we would see the clips on TV, dudes is like. Bro, you see Amari out here <laughs> celebrating stuff like he acting totally different. Yeah. But um, I mean, I just think that's that's why I think that he was just in his head in in Oakland and just right. what 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 he's been through out there. So I mean, it's a tough situation. But I mean, he, God don't make mistakes. Like I said, like he he doing his thing. Now you said um, at, in the middle of the season, you guys realized that Gruden was rebuilding. At what point did the locker room start? Discussing like, oh, this isn't gonna be what the expectations had for us coming into this season. This is we gotta just grind, keep our head down, cause Gruden working in the back, and we just right. like how quick did that did that happen with Khalil Mack trade? Like y'all was like, woo, or I think it was the final straw was was the Amari trade. Okay, because like literally he cleared shop out there. Like he fired the whole media staff. He fired the film guys, and these are guys who've been around twenty. 20, yeah, he years. fired um, Greg Popov, one of my favorite color commentators ever. <laughs> right? Yeah, like it just he just trying to get his people in there. So, I mean, after the Amari trade, it was like dude was like dude, nobody's safe. Like we just gotta like keep grinding. You know what I'm saying? And then guys kind of, I I know dudes was kind of pissed for a second, but. I think it was just the trust factor that you got to have in a in a uh, person in his position. Like, he's got to know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, they didn't put him there for a reason. He didn't get there for, for no reason. And um, I think that's when everybody started to, to jail. But as well as um, just our whole scheme and system started to jail because – Gruden puts in a million things, you know what I'm saying, and it takes time to get get that under under your belt. And um, once we started to get that, it, we were hard to stop at the end of the season. Like we were playing with 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 dudes left and right, beat beat the Steelers, and and I won't mention the Chiefs game, but 
the first Chiefs game, we almost beat the Chiefs. Like, we should have beat the Chiefs. Like, there's a lot of games that we should have won that we didn't. But I think it's just we need to take it to an, another step. And just having this scheme under our belt for a whole year, I think that's just going to take us f- from where we left off and we, it's going to get better. And hopefully having a healthy offense. Right, Because right. if we just go down the list of names, oh Amari Cooper was out the window. Jordy Nelson got injured at one point. Martavis Bryant got suspended twice. Um, we got two rookie tackles. Right. Marshawn Lynch got injured. Right. Yeah. Right. Donald Penn was injured. Uh, the guards were injured. I think Rodney Hudson was injured for a game. Yeah. And then the whole fan base calling for, for – Oh, and then uh, Bruce Irvin left. Bruce Irvin. See, I want to get into that too. That's he did give, quit. Uh, we're we're gonna get into Bruce. Let's let's finish on the offense real quick because I got I got some choice words for Bruce. I want to get your opinion on that. Um, but then you have the whole fan base. You know, you Marshawn Lynch gets injured. Then you have the whole fan base basically cheering, say, "Oh, Derek Carr, he's been injured too much, and he doesn't have his mojo back. Trade him." And you have first take going crazy, ESPN going crazy. The how do you? Being somebody in the offense, you you're, you and DC and uh, Richard were probably and Seth Roberts were probably some of the people that were there. I think every game without injury. Right. How do you guys remain focused and just don't just pack it in? Just say, uh, we got a new tackle again, or right. you, you, it's you, tough. It's tough, man. Injuries are are part of the game, and they gonna happen. And you, I didn't even harp on, on that like we had an abnormal amount of injuries last year and um i think part of it was we we were an old team literally yeah but at the same time like that's the the name of the game you somebody going to go down so the next guy got to step up so um i i think that i don't think we we really worried about that because um that you have to expect to that not everybody's gonna be healthy, you know what I'm right. saying? So that's that's just how it goes. But it it was tough having guys out sometimes. But I mean, I feel like those also down the road gonna help. Just like with our tackles, I think that's gonna help help them because they were thrown in the fire, and and that sometimes builds character, builds builds talent, like all that. Like you you have to learn. You're forced to learn from experiences like that and I think that's just what this last season has done for us is got a lot of the young guys experience so going from here now there's no excuses you know what I'm saying like we out here like we, we you got to show up but I mean I th- I think I think there's a real optimistic feel in the in the locker room and in, in, in the coaching staff and and you you say like everybody's doubting TC like I used to I used to watch like see on Twitter sometimes or or on Instagram posts or whatever like just everybody bashing DC everybody like oh there's speculations that Gruden didn't didn't mess with DC I'm not one of and, those people by the way I want to put that out there. <laughs> I am a huge DC fan just. but none of I don't think anybody in the locker room really doubted DC so so uh, we talked about offense and kind of the shambles it became during the season. So defensive side of the ball, you mentioned Bruce Irvin. Um, honestly, I think defense has improved a lot since the years before. I think the defense is looking 
way better as far as a good young nucleus on the interior defensive line with P.J. Hall, uh, Mo Hurst, Arden Key. Uh, I think our DBs are better than they've been in years. Shout with out to Daryl Worley. Daryl Worley, <laughs> Conley, uh, Carl Joseph. Um, linebackers, I think. Markel. Markel Lee. Um, but I think a lot of the fan base will say that we haven't had a – the Raiders haven't had a consistent linebacker since Kirk Morrison left in like 04 or 010, what happened? 2010, whenever he was, he was he a left. baller, though. He in was, defense, yeah. He's, he was a baller. Yeah. Um, do you ever get that itch and whisper into Gruden? Did you ever do that question. during the year and say, hey, that's a great you know, the line, two linebackers got injured this hey, year. Listen, We're down I, to. I'm right. not going to lie. I thought about it. I seen that and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah, I know like, a guy who yeah, might be available. No, I used to, I used to uh, throw that out there all the time to my special teams coach and even to Gruden, but. I knew that wasn't really like I. F- I feel like that that part is is behind me unless like something crazy happens. Only because Gruden was almost didn't want me playing special teams at one point. Like he was like, right. I don't want my fullback out there in special teams. Like, Gruden loves his fullback. Yeah. So <laughs> like, so like I just don't think that he would do that. Like from that aspect, but um, I definitely be having the itch like ready to get out there even in scout team like trying to get some reps <laughs> but man speaking of speaking of Gruden and his fullbacks All-Star I'm sure you've probably right. seen what mm-hmm. he was able to do with All-Star and some of the creative ways he was able to get him involved when he was there blocking for work yeah. done how much of that have you paid attention to as far as scheme wise some of the stuff he may have done with All-Star are you hoping that you get a chance oh, to absolutely. do some of those All-Star type things yeah absolutely I mean I think I think um me and All-Star's game is a little different as far as he's more of a, a true running, big running back. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, he was a good blocker as well, but he he would line up at tailback, and that's really not my forte. You've had some single back. I, mean, I have. I have. I'm not saying I can't do that. Yeah, but you need like, that first touchdown this I, year. I don't think – Right, I don't think that uh, that's Gruden's first priority is to put me at tailback. But um, I think that – there's there's a lot of things that that Gruden can do with me, and and he's starting to learn that more just as like practice goes and, and what whatever. But I mean, he's he's also told me like in the in the exit meeting like just the way the season didn't go, like he wants to incorporate me more into the offense. I mean, a lot of times we were playing from behind, so it was hard to incorporate two back the two back offense, but. Um, he definitely is creative, and and I definitely be seeing the uh, seeing film on on Allstar and his old fullbacks, and it'd be dope because Gruden's a real old school dude. Like he'll put on <laughs> some tape from like 1980, 1990. Like it's. But, I'm so, so glad you didn't say 2000, bro. I was about to be like, <laughs> come on, man. Come. One of the things I, I do want to talk about, maybe you can share some insight. That fullback position. And the way that you play it, because there are fullbacks around the league that are, I don't want to call them finesse, but there aren't too many old school guys who would just bang right. and really try to punish people as part of their game. Like, I don't I, think there's like five. Yeah, and <laughs> but which is which is good because I think you bring a you almost like a tone setter if you yeah, will for yeah. like a game. Like if I'm a coach and I want to set the tone for you know the game, I want to let this guy just run full speed into a linebacker <laughs> or a defensive end. But tell me about that mentality because it's it's a rare trait, I believe, in the NFL now. Um, 
and it, 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 you wear people down, man. And how, how do you feel as a fullback going into a game knowing like, hey, I'm going to have to punish people every now and then when my number right. is called? I think it's just – I think I get that mentality from being on the defensive side. You know what I'm saying? Because, I mean, when you playing linebacker, you just trying to run and hit all day anyways. You know what I'm saying? And um, so, like – just transitioning that mentality to the offensive side, it's just like, okay, I'm about to just tackle this dude, but I just can't hold him. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to hit him as hard as I can, just like I would as a linebacker. So, um, I'm, I mean, that's always been my mentality in football is just trying to bust somebody's mouth open. And, um, I mean, that, I think that just worked in my favor playing fullback. So, you mentioned Bruce Irvin, so I want to get into this real quick because I'm not letting this go. He he asked for his release, which he was a big leader on in the defensive locker room and the whole team locker room. They called him Baby McKenzie. He was actively trying to get players to come during the offseason. And then it looks like he gives up midseason. Uh, as far as the film, there's, player, there's plays of him coming out of his stance and taking a step and then just standing there not doing anything. <laughs> Uh, he asked for his release, and then um, he gets he signs with Atlanta, and then reports come out. First practice, he runs onto the practice field yelling, "I'm free! I'm free! I'm free!" I sometimes I don't really see too much of the uh, defensive side, side side that goes on, but I I did peep that um, they were really just plugging guys in trying to see. It was almost like experiment on throwing that side stuff of the ball. on the wall, seeing if it sticks. Yeah, yeah. So like, I think it was. I think his his uh, tipping point was when one game they didn't give him like barely any reps. You know right. what I'm saying? And like he's he's our best pass rusher, so it's like, why not? So I mean, I I didn't uh, I I couldn't really understand what was going on, but, like, that's just kind of the stuff that I had yeah, seen. My, that my belief that his tipping point was after the Khalil Mack uh, got traded, John Gruden uh, did a press conference and was basically kind of being like, well, now it's time for Arden Key to step up. And then Bruce went on Twitter and was like, no, it's, it's my time. <laughs> and I think that I think that kind of shook, to, from my opinion, uh, shook him the wrong way. Was like, damn, you already counted me out. Like, I'm still here. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> fool, man. Um, but it's time. It's almost time to wrap it up now. So, uh, you went undrafted. Uh, you said six years, right? Six. Year six. Year six into the league. Just. Right. What's the experience been like? Like ups, downs, trials, turbulations. Like it's been, it's really been a blessing, man. Because at this point, it's it's not really much I got to worry about. You know, I'm still still in in the fold and uh, preparing for this this next year. Um, I'm in a good place mentally, and um, it's just now now it's just transitioning. Like I'm trying to get into a lot of a lot of different stuff. Outside of football as well, you know what I'm saying, and then, um, just because you get to that fifth, sixth year, you like, dang, I've been doing this for a minute, man. You can't <laughs> play football forever, so, right. so I think that that it's it's just been a blessing, and just all the things I've learned, and then the relationships I've I've had and and made with people. So, it's 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 definitely been a journey. So, how do you, how do you stay hungry? 
Like, what do you what do you work on? I mean, is that chip on your shoulder still there? I know you said you you feel good mentally, but what drives yeah. you today? Because you're not that free agent that didn't that right. got overlooked. You know, you've obviously have proven yourself in the NFL. But what pushes you and motivates you today to keep going to to play seven years, eight years in the NFL? Right. I th- I think it's just um just the love for the game. Part of it is just like. I've been playing this my whole life, and it's not like I don't love this this game anymore. Because you gotta love it if you want to play at this level. And um, there's also things I want to prove. You know what I'm saying? Like I feel like I've been up with the, the best of them who are Pro Bowlers and 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 whatnot. And I just feel like there's a lot of stuff I want to still want to prove out there. You know what I'm saying? And and just winning a championship, I want to help my team win a championship as well. And bring bring the Raiders back to where they were, especially going into Vegas and whatnot. So um, there's just a, there's a lot of a lot of motivating factors as well as, well as just setting up my daughter and, and my future family for for success and and being able to take care of them as well from from a financial per, from a financial perspective. So there's there's plenty of things that keep me going, but. Um, just also proven proven to myself that um, just have no regrets and just play it out as as much as you can. Well, you're at Stars, obviously working this off season. Tell us about Stars. Tell us about your experience and why you come back every off season, year after right. year, and and what you enjoy most about the the setting here at Stars. Uh, it's just a family atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? It's like when you get back here, it's like home. So as far as just whether whether it's it's the trainers and working with you or frog or, or whoever it's like, it's always good, genuine business and, and good, genuine work. So you, you never are surprised here. You know what I'm saying? And I think that's just, just the, the, the best thing anybody can ask for in any business is consistency. And, um, when, when you're consistent and, and you, still getting results from whatever is whatever you're doing um it's it's a no-brainer to come back you know what i'm saying and and it's always been like that here and and just good people so just i think it's life life a lot of times is all about vibes and and there's there's no negative vibes here ever now as off season is getting heated up right now we just finished the combine uh like i said earlier franchise tags just happened we're about to get into that uh, free agency period. Right. Is there anybody that around the league that you know, future free agent or free agent right now, that you're like, hey, come, 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 come through, come here, come here, man? I don't know. I, you was talking about a a b earlier. I mean, it, it'd be dope to play with a b. Would you be but, upset if we traded our second round pick or any of the three first round picks for a b? I wouldn't be upset. I no? wouldn't be upset about that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, we got. 12 first round picks this year so it's like <laughs> we can give up one but I think I think Gruden is going to use those those picks to to leverage you know what I'm saying and people going to trade up or whatever because we got a lot of money to spend too as well as draft picks so um, I, I think he's definitely going to bring us some good help anybody in particular you want to see come from another team over to the silver and black I don't. I honestly don't care as long as they're going to contribute. You know what I'm saying? As long as they're going to come and ready to work. You know what I'm saying? Because I think that's one of the things we're trying to change over there is the culture and just that losing isn't okay. And um, I think that 
we trying to change the mentality and get guys, good guys in there. You know what I'm saying? Guys who are, are willing to help the cause and not just collect the check. Is Marshawn going to be back in that locker room with y'all? Man, I hope so, bro. That's <laughs> my dude, man. Marshawn, he, not only is he a, a great player, but he's a great person and a great leader. And he's he's always trying to uplift those around him. And it's it's all fun and games on TV and stuff. You hear him joking around. But he really he really cares about about his teammates and whatnot. He's he's never never shy to, to help help out anybody, for, whether it's on the field or off the field. All right. What did you think? One question for you, JD. When this man came in and was like, "I gotta start taking reps with the offense," <laughs> what was going through your mind? I honestly, I was in shock, probably a lot like he was, because I was thinking. I mean, I've watched this kid. First off, and quick story, he wasn't the best athlete growing <laughs> up. So I, I'm gonna put that, and he knows that. I've shared this before. He he wasn't the greatest of athletes. So once that happened, I he was, was like, clumsy, man. Bro, I was fat. I'll let him tell. I'll let him tell it. I was a a work. I was a piece of work. You know what I'm saying? Like, definitely but, needed some help. But what I when he when he told me they were serious about the position change, what I did know was that he was going to work. And anytime you have somebody that's willing to work and they have a good work ethic, anything is possible. So despite the position change, they could have asked him to play quarterback. <laughs> I knew he would have worked his butt off to be. You know, no, seriously, I knew he would have worked his butt off to be the best quarterback. So. After I kind of got over the shock of him moving positions, I knew, okay, if he takes it on full speed and, and full steam ahead like he does everything else in life, he'll be fine. But when I would see him over there with Coach Frog, I'd be like, this doesn't even look right. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm used to my man backpedaling and breaking. Right. But, you know, he, he proved a lot of people wrong, including myself, man, and, and I'm very proud of him. Um, I think he has a bright future no matter what position it is. And no matter what team it is, I think he has, you know, four or five years left in him if he continues to work, which, I mean, right. clearly being going into year six undrafted is, is not easy to do. So, um, but yeah, bro, I was a little taken back and, and still <laughs> trips me out, man. Even today watching him right. run routes on the field, I'm still watching like this guy looks pretty good. Looks like he plays offense for real. <laughs> so. Well, what was harder, learning the defensive playbook or learning an offensive playbook? I'm assuming John Gruden's playbook is a different beast. But. Yeah, I, I'll probably probably say offense only, only because it's like a whole different language and trying to learn it that quick. So right. it was a little tougher. But, I mean, there's a lot of defensive playbooks that are hard out there too because, I mean, in Dallas, I, we played a simple cover too. Defense was just run and hit, sprinkle in a little three and quarters, whatever. But um, it wasn't like as vast as say like Pittsburgh or or one of those three four defenses that they do everything. Or even um, uh, um, what's Gunther's? Gunther's right. Gunther's defense is crazy too. Um, just knowing what they got to do, but probably offense. For sure. All right. Well, we could sit here all day and chop it up, but we all got work to do. Yeah, let's, bring, <laughs> let's bring Keith back towards the end of the off season, or maybe in the summertime, man. And, and yeah, 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 we'll yeah, bring him back fun. February after the Super Bowl when he wins it. When he, he can bring his ring. <laughs> right. And, right. <laughs> but uh, thank you for uh, stopping by and taking the time out. This has been the Stars man. Experience. Where can people find you at, Keith? Oh, uh, I'm on Twitter at k underscore smith thirty one. That's my old old college number. And then uh, on Instagram, I'm at Beef31. Okay. Um, 
And like I said, everybody, make sure you go subscribe on the YouTube. Hit the bell for the notification so you get alerted when we drop a new episode. Subscribe on the iTunes. Follow on Spotify, Google Play, everywhere podcasts are available. And give us a rate and tell us who you would like to see next on the Stars Experience. And if you have any questions for the next time we get Mr. Keith Smith here, (laughs) drop those in the comments below. J.D., you got anything left for the people? Uh, Thank you for letting me join you, man. This is a pleasure. Oh, yeah, no, this this is fun. fun, Yeah, no, we're going to keep this up. Um, Thank y'all for checking in Stars Experience. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace. I just pull up on yeah. I just pull up on occasion. I spice it up like it's Cajun. Never ask for location. Then I'm gone.